evening, good evening, good evening, Baltimore Hezekiah Montgomery here with our co-host this evening, as always, Michelle Johnson. And tonight we will be discussing He Was Born to Die. I know it's an interest I know it's an interesting topic, but he was born to die. What does that bring to your mind when I say something like that, Michelle? Now, to me, that means that what you're talking about had a purpose all along, and we all know what you're talking about, but I'm just saying for anything that you say that kind of comment about, it just means that there was a purpose for it and a purpose why it had to go away. There was a purpose. There was a purpose for it, exactly. And uh, if you are interested and have any comments or questions, you can call in at 917-889-2271 or um, log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man-in-the-mirror. We've been having issues with getting, if you go inside our um, chat room, we've been having issues trying to get into that chat room. We haven't figured that out yet. But um, if you go into the chat room, we will, you know, we will be in there as well because we want everyone to join in on tonight's discussion. And the Lord gave me this because as you, as we walk around, we see so much going on about Christmas, but we're losing what the real meaning of Christmas is. And with that said, uh, again, you can call in at 917-889-2271, um, press number one if you have any questions or comments, and we'll definitely bring you in the show. Um, Michelle, why don't you do us the favor of uh, praying, praying us in tonight? Lord God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for another opportunity, Lord God, to come before you, Lord, to worship with you, God, and to talk about you. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done, Lord God, and all that you will do during this show, Lord God. Lord God, we just ask you to bless the show, bless Hezekiah and myself, Lord God. And Lord, even bless the listening audience that they might hear what you need them to hear and that they might get out of this what they need. And we thank you for all things, for all blessings. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Again, if you have any questions or comments, please press the number one on your phone. And a little about tonight's episode. As the holiday is upon us, we see lights, trees, cameras, and action. You get the gist. Christmas has been so commercialized that our society has completely forgotten about what the true meaning of Christmas is and was. The Son of God came to earth and was born poor in a stable. Many of us were gassed at the sight of having to give birth in a country stable, but our Heavenly Father didn't think it admit, admits for his Son to be born poor and live among us. So who are we to think so highly of ourselves around this time of the year? Did you know that the little baby that was born over 2,000 years ago knew at the very knew at that very moment that he was that that he was born 
that 33 years later, his ministry will begin and then he have to sacrifice his very own life so we could live. That's the true meaning of Christmas. And um, I was actually watching a show tonight. And, Michelle, I couldn't believe it, but one of the episodes, the guy said, I'm going to write it down. He said, Christmas is a marketing festival for, for, for toy makers. Think about that. Christmas is a marketing festival for toy makers. So that means Christmas has been so commercialized that we've truly taken out the true meaning of Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. Christmas from what Christ did for us over 33 years ago. I mean, over 22,000 years ago. So, and I'm going to read the birth of Jesus Christ. Because when I said, <clears throat> excuse me, when I said that he was born in a stable, many of us, you know, many of our mothers and parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, they've all, they never, you know, many of them didn't have to worry about going in a stable or in a barn and give them birth, you know, have a baby. Yeah, we see today on the news that, you know, some people may get birth in a car. You know, so many people may get birth on the side of the highway. Some people, you know, sometimes these babies just don't want to wait, you know, till they get to the hospital. But could you imagine the show have to give birth in a barn, in a country barn, in a stable? Because they said there was no room in the end. Mm. Now, this is the son of God, but a message had to be sent to us. So, you know, he, you know, that shows a sign of humility. And in Luke 2, 1 to 20, since this is the new, you know, this is the holiday season, this is the Christmas season, you just, you know, I apologize for us not having our Thanksgiving show, but there was so much going on last week. For those who have been looking for this show, we do apologize, but we, you know, we had a beautiful Thanksgiving. We just finished Thanksgiving, you know, just giving God thanks for what he has done for us and sharing the time with our family. But soon as the Thanksgiving comes, not even that, soon after Halloween is over these days, they put up the decorations and, you know, they put out the decorations so people can stop buying. So it was like it's been, mm-hmm. I wrote something and I lost it. I wrote something so many years ago when I was, you know, when I was young, younger, you know, about Christmas being so commercialized that we forget but the truth that our children forget. We don't even remind our children, you know, what the true meaning of Christmas is. But it says, in those days, Peter Augustus issued a decree that a census would be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, to the Bethlehem town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, 
keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what has been told what has been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Mary treasured all these things and pondered on them in our heart. The, shepherd re- the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And that was Luke 22, 1 to 20. So could you imagine, you know, what would you do, Michelle, if there was nothing more for you to go but into a nasty bathroom to give birth to your child. Okay, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, what if you I had no idea. a manger? A manger now. We got manger. We got animals. We got all kind of stuff in a manger now. You know, that's a trough, basically, if you think about it. Right. You know, that's where the, that's where, you know, the, Basically, they feed the animals, but they made hay. They made a bed, and she gave birth. She didn't have a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a doctor. Mm-mm. I know Joseph, I can imagine, he probably was going crazy, like, okay. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how they did that. <laughs> yeah, no doctor, but it no happened. Mm-hmm. No doctor, no drugs. I think y'all women are a bunch of wimps because she did it with no doctor or drugs. I'm just saying. Really? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, she didn't have what we have today. You know, we have to realize that Christ came in to this world in this um, humblest of circumstances. You know, they didn't know, you know, there was no room in the inn. There was a census going out. He had to travel on a donkey. It's like it's not like the MTA, not like a car. It takes time, a long time to get up there. But he did it. They did it, and Christ was born. Now let's fast forward to today. Is Christ in Christmas today? In society, what do you think? You know, if you're on the line, you can call in and, you know, you can press number one on your phone. If you're on, you know, if anyone's in the chat room, Michelle is, you know, in the chat room, it will be. But, you know, these are the questions tonight. What do you think the real meaning of Christmas is? 
you know, what do you think the real meaning of Christmas is? You know, you know, this is not just about us tonight. It's about all of us because we all see what really is going on um, in society right now. Just like I said, you know, when I earlier when I was listening to one of my Hallmark shows that, you know, my beautiful wife got me watching, the guy said Christmas is a marketing festival for toy makers. You know, it's a mark. It's a marketing thing. How much can we make through the holiday season? We have Black Friday, boom. We have Cyber Monday, and they said Cyber Monday makes about six billion dollars. Cyber Monday's only been around for the past ten years or so. So we have a lot going on. So um, actually, Michelle, we have somebody on the line, so you can actually. You know, go check them out because, again, it's a discussion. We're all in this together because it's the holiday season. We all have to go through this. We all go broke around the holiday season, and but we're forgetting that. And I put pictures. I put now. I did that on purpose. I put pictures of the nativity scene. I put pictures of the commercialization of Christmas, and I put pictures of what the true meaning of Christmas is. But I'll let this uh I'll let you talk to this caller and then we'll continue with um he he was born to die. Amen. So we have a caller Indian number nine two nine five. Again that's caller Indian number nine two nine five. You are live on the man in the mirror. Welcome. Good evening. <laughs> um, Good evening. I just want to say that Christmas is not all that it's cut out to be. It has become so capitalized that kids, if you ask them about Christmas, it's about Santa Claus, who's getting this, what's on sale, where to go shopping, what I'm getting. Um, Christmas is a time to read flat on, you know, why Christ came to the earth in the first place. You know, he came here to make up for what Adam did so we could be reconciled with God, okay, so that we could be the children of God like we're supposed to be. Um to give us life and more abundantly, that's really what uh, him coming to earth is all about. It was to reconcile mankind to their heavenly father. And unfortunately, you don't see anybody talking about that at Christmas time. Um, so it has become very commercialized. And I think it would be nice if people would get back to you know, the real meaning um, and what it should stand for. Okay. That's all and I have to Well, thank you, lovely caller, for calling in. <laughs> yeah, I wanted, I wanted to, um, you know, say that as well, that honestly we need to, to really we thank our caller for calling in. But honestly, we need to um, 
prematurely forget about Christmas, if you will, because even down to the name, you know, Christmas, that's all somebody thought to call it years and years and years ago. But let's just look at what, you know, Christ did. And, you know, honestly, so this this is just me because, you know, people say, you know, he was born, he died, you know, all of that. So this this time we're celebrating his birth. But what birthday party do you go to where they give you presents? That's all I'm saying. Like, how did we... Right, right. Yeah, how did we twist this thing? How did we twist this thing up like this? Um, with all of with all of that extra stuff. Like we don't we don't even need all of that. You can you can give your children gifts all year long because you can be just like God, and that He gives His children good gifts all year long. He doesn't just wait until one day comes. And tries to do everything for us in one day. So, you know, if we're really truly following the um, example that God has set for us, then, you know, we ought to know that. And we ought not to get wrapped up. And there's so much extra stuff added on to this quote unquote Christmas because we have people who are depressed at this time of year because either their family is gone or they don't have anybody to celebrate with or they don't have, you know, enough money to buy the presents that they want to buy um, and, and they go bankrupt, which makes them more depressed. So, you know, people are struggling with all sorts of things at this time of year, but why is this time of year not more so about giving, about, like I call it said, reflecting on God's purpose and what, you know, what Christ really came to do? And why is this year, you know, the only thing that I love from Christmas, and you were talking about these Hallmark movies, and this is one of their trademark signature things that they discuss in all the Hallmark movies, is the Christmas spirit. <laughs> and that's about the only thing that I really buy into during this time of year because some people just get kinder during this time of year, but you can do that all year long. Some people just get happy during this time of year. It's it's the whole, you know, Christmas thing just makes me happy. Well, you can be happy all year long. So, you know, that's the only thing I buy into is that Christmas spirit. But why don't we drop the Christmas and say Christ-like spirit and be happy all year long? That's all I'm saying. Right. But you're right. You're 100% correct. Because we need to celebrate life every day. With so much going on in society, no one is being Christ-like in the show. We're forgetting what, you know, we're forgetting what it is to be Christ-like. We're forgetting what it is to love one another. We're forgetting what it is to truly show love and forgiveness. Um, I'm going to back up a little bit. You're um, 
listening live with Man in the Mirror with your host, Hezekiah of Montgomery, and co-host Michelle Johnson. As we are discussing, um, he was born to die. Now, Romans 5.12 says, the death in Adam, life in Christ, as I call it, has said before. Um, it says, starting at verse 11, not only so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Adam messed up. We had to be reconciled to God. Verse 12, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, a.k.a. Adam, and death through sin, so also death was passed on to all men because he sinned. For sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not taken into account when there is no law. So then after way before that in John three sixteen, we all know this verse. And this is for all you mothers and you know, all you parents. And he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That was the first gift of love that God could actually ever do. And I repeat that again. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave. That's the Christmas gift right there, his only begotten son. How many of us parents, all those who are listening, all those who want to re-listen, the question is, how many of, are, of you are ready to sacrifice your child for this world? Don't all start calling in at one time. Don't all start raising your hand, you know. But the truth is, how many of us would be willing to sacrifice our, if we only had one child, our only child, for this sinful world. But it had to be done because as we know, you know, after Adam messed up, God kicked him out. And then he, you know, for his for us for our, for the remission of our sins, there had to be sacrifices. There had to be blood. There had to be blood. So the blood had to be shed to forgive our sins so we can at least Stay as close to God as we can. So, you know, for the, throughout the shedding of blood, the word says there's no remission of sin. So down the line through the years, the priest had to go into the temple and always, you know, sacrifice, 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 sacrifice. They, I know the people did something today. Sacrifice, sacrifice. I know they did something yesterday. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. I know they're going to do something tomorrow. Sacrifice tomorrow. Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. God wasn't playing when he said, you know, there is no remission of sin unless there's a shedding of blood. But when Christ came, he put put an end to all of that. That's why he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, a lot of us forget that next verse, which says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. You know, we punish our children. 
you know, when we read it, you know, we, you know, everybody thought it was kind of, he wanted to condemn the world. You know, he said, for God did not send his son into the world condemn, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might have everlasting life. That's what he was trying to say. Excuse me. I guess Siri decided to pop in on this conversation. He was all wrong. But um, again, he said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You know, you know, when we, you know, now, we can go to Romans 8.1 because people will always try to say, well, you did this and you did that. Okay, yeah, I did. But Romans 8.1 is, it says, it says, there is no therefore, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. And I like what my version says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. People cannot condemn us. You know, you know, once we become Christians, once we celebrate Christ, once we accept Christ, they can't condemn us because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's why he came. You know, when people try to condemn you, when people try to condemn us, they can't. Because the word said there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he came over 2,000 years ago. He died. You know, died 33. He started his ministry 33 years ago. He knew he only had three years to do ministry. He knew it. When he was 30, he went out and started his ministry, and then boom. He was crucified. So he knew he had a short lifespan. He knew it. He could have said, nah, mm -mm, I'm not going down there. They're too hostile. Now, he could have pulled a Jonah when Jonah said, I don't want to go to Nineveh. No, I don't want to do that. You know, many of many people that God told to do something, they ain't want to do it. But he said, Send me, I'll go. He knew what was coming. He knew what he was going to go through. But he said, send me. He told his father, send me, I'll go. And he came as that baby. No, he came as that baby that was born in the most humblest circumstances, the most, to me, it, I mean, nobody wants to be born in a stable, in a manger with the aminals. Nobody would want to, you know, be born in that, you know, type of circumstances, you know, who wants to be born in that type of circumstances? But um, we will definitely continue this conversation. You know, he was born to die. Um, we're near our halfway mark, and we're going to hear from our supporters and sponsors. Music instructions for all learners, where music knows no age. If you are interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 443-574-5491 at set an appointment to talk to our instructors. Please join me, Fowl, 
Inc. as we're hosting our second annual dinner recital fundraiser being held at Masterpiece Community Connection Ministries on December 9th, 2017 from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. It's dinner and a music, and you're going to hear how hard the students have been working. Ticket prices are $35 for adults, children, and college students are $20, and the church is located at 4443 Bel Air Road, 21206. For more information, please visit the Eventbrite page, which is located on our website at www.mefileinc.org. Coming soon. The remake and the rebrand of my first novel, Rediscovering Kai. Two years ago, around this time, I redid the ebook. Well, now we're letting Taishina Davis of Purposely Creative Publishing redo the paperback, and you're and you're going to love it as much as I do. Be the first to go to the new branding page, which is coming soon, that I'm creating to put put in for your first autographed copy of the book. Trust me, you're not going to want to be able to put this book down. Another sponsor is our Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curvy chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss. All right, since it's the holiday season, this will be the first holiday song of the year. And I hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoy it over here. Bum, 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 bum,
you know, you know. So I appreciate our caller coming in. I appreciate Michelle, you know, with her comments because we got to realize, you know, how many of us know that ten years from now I'm going to die for somebody, and I'm going to live my life, but I know that ten years from now I'm going to have to die for somebody who don't even deserve it. You know, I'm going to die for someone, a bunch of people who don't even deserve it. But that's what Christ did. We have to realize that, yeah, we celebrate Christmas. We have a good time. We get together with our family. But um, we have to realize in our hearts what is the true meaning of the Christmas spirit? What is the true meaning of knowing, you know, that baby? that was, you know, born in a stable, born in a manger, born in a country barn, you know. If you really know, yeah, you know, I had a mental block, but um, I was looking a manger it. Okay, I was looking at, I had a mental block, Michelle. I wanted to know what a manger really has in it. What does a manger really have in it? You know, really, you know, we look at these pictures and stuff, but what's really going on in what's really in a manger? They say the manger is assigned to a particular level. No, that's not. And it does um people hold on, what does uh what does a manger have in it? Because I need to know, or shall we say a stable. Is it a manger or a stable? What was it, Michelle? Let's see. I'm looking up something. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am actually going to look this up while we're talking. But um, you know, because they feed the um, they feed the animals in the barn, and you know, and and the innkeeper had a manger or a stable or a barn. Let's look at it that way. And they feed. They have a trough, which I do know about, that they put the hay in. So. You know, what we see is a picture of Christ laying in the trough where the, normally the animals um, eat in. And basically, that's where his first bed was. He was born poor like the rest of us. You know, like is that what they were calling? What, a trough? Is, is that what they... Yeah, is that what they were calling the manger, right? Because he was in the right. manger. Manger definition, maybe that's it. A long open box or trough for horses or cattle to eat from. I was right. Mm-hmm. So, how many of us mothers would like to have a trough for? Would they? What y'all call it? A crib. He had a trough for a crib. That can be another show. He had a trough for a crib. A long open box or trough for horses or cattle to eat from. So that's what we look at all the time in that manger scene. He had a trough. He was born in a manger. 
she didn't have a doctor. I know Michelle kind of funny mentioned no medicine. <laughs> you know? yeah, I don't know the pain, but uh, she was in a trough. He was born, you know, she had to use a trough. She had no medicine. You know, she had nothing but the stinky animals around her and her husband, who was, uh, you know, I, I God, God bless Joseph because I would, I don't know how he did it. Because, you know, only God can help you through something like that in reality. Because he, I don't know if he was ready for that, but, you know, he had to be there for her. And we always talk about childbirth and how husbands go through, you know, when you know, mothers are you know, giving birth. But we just have to commend him because he was there for the birth of the Son of God. So, again, a trough, a manger, a long open box or trough for horses or cattle to eat from. But he was there, and and God was born there. So, we, you know, that's a humbling circumstance. You know, everyone looking for the king of kings and the lord of lords. That's him. But he wasn't born like a king. He wasn't born in the castle. You know, you know he wasn't born into royalty. He's the son of God. But again, God still loved the world that he sent him. He he came in an unexpected manner. You know, they were looking for him, but they weren't looking for him. And you know how they say they went to see him. When the shepherds were told by the angels, they said, let's go to Bethlehem and see him. So they went you know, and they followed, and they went, and they seen it. I know that was a beautiful scene, and see, see the angels saying, "Glorious Hosanna!" That the Son of God was born, because the angels were waiting, waiting for that, you know, for that moment too. Because you can imagine all the, you know, hush hushing what was going on in heaven, because they knew what was going on, and they were just waiting for the moment that the baby would be born. And as soon as he was born, they were just getting ready. They were that was their way of having the angels having their party. They were partying now because the Son of God was born. Even in the midst of that time. And it's like, we got us back up. God said everything and God had to get him from where he was to Bethlehem. And what did he how did he orchestrate that? With the what? And you're familiar with that, right, Michelle? What are you talking about? The census, he orchestrated it with the census. They had to go back to their own, you know. Oh, yeah. They had to go back. To do the the census, yes. And register, basically. And we're doing, to this day, we are still doing census. So that is something that hasn't stopped. Over 2,000 years ago, they wanted to count the people to find out how many people we got in. So God orchestrated that in a way. God knew that every place was full. God knew that he was going to have to go to the manger, but he had to take it step by step and orchestrate it in a way that Joseph just had to follow the dots. And the dots, and you know, follow the dots, and the dots ended in the manger. Because it was predicted years ago that Christ would be born. 
in the Old Testament. It was predicted years ago. They were looking for somebody. They were looking for somebody in royalty, but they didn't know that the Son of God was born right under their nose. Any questions or comments, Michelle? Okay, I guess not. But um, if you have any questions or comments, can you hear me? No, I didn't hear you. Oh, sorry. I was talking away. Um, Okay, so what were you saying? I was saying that, you know, we get so used to that, I guess, familiar story of um, of Christ and, and how he was born, but you had read the scripture earlier. And so it's actually, other than telling us the area he was in, that they were they were in, and the fact that they had to, to lay Jesus in the manger after he was born, we really don't have a lot of details. Other than we, you know, we know that it was it was no um, room for them. So the whole thing, or whatever, like you were saying, is that God was was orchestrating. So the the point is, none of that really matters. <laughs> God was orchestrating, and and um, and I say that because people are really with the nativity and all of that stuff. That people are really into that. Like people decorate their whole front lawn with the whole, you know, scene that they, you know, that they understand to be where, how Jesus was born. But the whole point of that is that God had a purpose and his purpose that he had for them and they had to basically um, perform the steps you know, to to have everything go down just as God said it would, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all of these things happened. The census came. It was time. It was almost time for you know, Mary to give birth. And I'm sure, you know, if she was like nine months pregnant, they probably wouldn't have, you know, been traveling around like that. So. Who knows how long it took them to get there, to get back, and all of that. But all of that was just for a purpose. There was a reason behind it. And that's that's really the main thing and the most important part. And you are absolutely right. You know, that was the main thing. We had, you know, many times we sometimes, God has to orchestrate our lives because sometimes we won't do it the way he wants us to do it. And I'm not going to do this. So sometimes he has divine intervention. He has to orchestrate things for us to take it step by step. Well, I'm going to do this for Hezekiah. I'm going to put Hezekiah over here. I'm going to put Hezekiah over there. I'm going to make sure this happens. Yeah, he has to orchestrate things for us because, you know, me, or he has to intervene for us. It's called divine intervention when. You know, God is allowing things to happen, and he's, you know, he's pushing you step by step. You know how we push our children where we want them to go somewhere? If we want them to turn right, they want to turn left, so we give them a little nudge. That's how we are. Excuse me, that's how we are. I know. But Joseph, you know, with that census, Joseph had to take his family to Bethlehem. And that's where, you know, 
you know, in the Old Testament, I'll find those scriptures and put them in a page. That's where they knew the lineage, the lineage would come. You know, he is in the line of David. So they knew he was going to be, you know, be there. And they knew what was coming. They were looking for him, so they knew he was coming. So, you know, when God is going to do something, when God promises something, it's going to happen. It may take a minute. It may take a while. What's that saying? What's that saying, um, Michelle? He may be. He may not come when you want him. It may him. not come when you want him, but he's right on always, time. Always right on time. Always right on time. Right yeah. on time. I mean, we waiting and we pacing the floor. We sweating. We sweating bullets like, God, when you going to come? When is going to come? I know the bill is due. That, you know, you like, okay, man, this bill is due. These people calling me. Um, you know, and soon. As you're about to, you know, go crazy, that's when God opens up that door and say, here. Mm-hmm. All the time. He ha- it happens all the time. So we have to get into the mode of knowing that through the birth of Christ, it was promised years ago. He didn't forget that promise. People were just thinking they were going to be in charge to know when it was going to be going to happen. But let's, you know, as we know, the last 10 minutes of the show, let's just remember that we need to t- explain to our children what the true meaning of Christmas is. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, explain to them it's not about the gift. Yeah, gifts are nice, but we can get gifts all year long. It's not about the shows that are coming on. Yeah, the shows are nice, you know, just, you know, long just, you know, not getting too far from away of what the true meaning and the true spirit of Christmas is. Christmas is my favorite time of the year. I love the decorations being, you know, born and raised in Philadelphia. You know, we had the stores years ago when I was little, 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 you know, that always had the little animated Christmas, Christmas villages, Lit Brothers. If you look it up, they always had the animated Christmas village, you know. So, you know, growing up, these are the things you're used to. But as we get older, we find out that, you know, that's not what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about the birth of a a baby that knew that when he became a man, that he would have to die to fix something that a man messed up before he was even existed. Now I'll say that again. He knew that as a baby that he would have to grow up and die in order to fix something that a man that was years years before him had messed up. See God was not God didn't forget about us. Through the old testament we think God forgot about us. When the New Testament came, when Christ came, Christ came to fix. That's why in that verse said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world or for us to be lost, but that through him we might be saved. So that's the true meaning of of Christmas. It's about love. It's about the love of the Father, the love of the Son, 
and the sacrifice that was made so that so we you all of us will be able to make it into heaven. Any closing remarks? We're down to our last few minutes of the show, Michelle. Hello. Okay. I don't know what I don't know what is going on today, but that's okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, I was trying to say that we need to for for a moment just consider Christ and his entire life, the entirety of his existence here on earth. So we had his his lowly birth, you know, not in a in a regular hospital or room. He had to be laid in a feeding trough and his life, which he lived humbly he he stayed at people's houses when he traveled. He, you know, talked to all manner of folk and never looked down on anybody. And Amen. he he went about just telling people about the goodness of God and what was to come so that they could, you know, take advantage of what he was coming to to do. And so, and even in his death, you know, he died uh, on a cross next to um, criminals. And he was laid in a tomb. And so we, if we think about his entire life, he didn't live a lavish life. He didn't live, you know, outside of his means. He allowed you know, God to provide for him, and he did as as he was instructed to do. He was obedient to God, even down to the moment where he gave up his life for us. And so that is our perfect example of of how we should be living our life. Not saying that you need to be poor, not saying that you need to be homeless, not saying that you need to be anything like that. But what I what I am saying is that, you know, God provides and we sometimes go above and beyond and 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 really go crazy with what we want to have and don't allow God to provide because God is a master at providing enough. And enough does not mean that you're lack. Enough means that you'll never lack, and enough means that if if you never lack and someone comes around you that's lacking, God will give you enough for them and enough for them to Amen. give somebody else that's lacking. And so that's that we need to look at all of that because how Christ lived his life and what he was trying to show us, he he talked to us. He, he walked the earth and, and talked to people, and, and the word of God is here for us to read. But he did the the best thing that he could do, which is provide a living example of how we should move about this earth, and he blessed people. So, you know, during this holiday season, that's something that we can definitely think on. How did Christ move about in the earth? 
He blessed people. He lived humbly. He allowed God to provide for him. And he he provided for others through what God provided for him. And so that is our perfect example. And we just should think on that during this holiday season because it's a time to think of Christ. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I like that. You know, we got to think of these things. We definitely have to think of these things. And we definitely have to talk, continue, as she said, talk to our children, you know, so they can tell their, you know, later on they can tell their children, you know, we have to say what is really going on in our society right now and not be the ones who are, you know, marketing festival, you know, telling the kids that it's a marketing festival for toy makers. We're getting our kids all these toys and getting them all these games. I don't even know the games that go on, the, you know, video games and stuff like that. No, that's not what it's all about. It's about the love that God had for us that he did not want any of us to perish. You know, sin is sin. You know, you know, if we did, if there was no shedding or re, if there was no shedding of blood, there was no remission of sin, and we can't forget that. Again, if there was no shedding of blood, there was no, there is no remission of sins. So again, as we're closing out tonight, I want you guys to consider this and remember, he was born to die. Remember, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, that's the key word, his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And a lot of people forget this verse, I'll say it again, but he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, that the world through him might be saved. He wanted all of us to be saved. He didn't want anyone to perish. And again, you know, I thank all of you who have been listening in tonight. We thank our caller who called in, you know, because it was a good show. Because we have to talk about, you know, we really have to expose what the holiday isn't. I'll say that again. We have to expose what the holiday isn't. You know, it's, again, it's so commercialized that we forget what the holiday is. We want you guys to tune in next week. We'll have another good show for you. Um, This show will be on demand in about 15, 20 minutes. Put it up. Pass it around. You know, tell others about it. You know, keep us in prayer as we continue to keep you guys in prayer as well because we want to all be safe. We, We all don't want to forget what the holiday is truly about. This is Hezekiah Montgomery signing off. And as always, we'll see you at the mirror.